Hello, Unfilter audience. So we're going to do a special Unfilter supporter show today that's available for everybody. It's it's kind of a weird situation this week. I've had a few technical issues in studio, which are mostly worked out, actually, which is really great. Because I was getting sick and tired. Sick and tired of that. But <clears throat> then, of course, there's another issue. I'm down another computer. And, uh, well... <laughs> Guess what? Uh, I'm only able to produce one version of the Unfilter show today, and you got to make one for the supporters. But there's so much to cover, I want to put one out for the general audience, too. So, general audience, think of this as a little preview of what an Unfilter supporter show would be like if you were to become a patron over at patreon.com slash unfilter. And we do need more of you because we're trying to expand the production of the show. So today, I have a lot of things to cover. When we get into the main show, that's really where we'll get into the meat of stuff today, but the uh, supporter show, the pre-show stuff... We're going to kind of build up to some stuff that's good to know, some stuff that we've been sort of following for a little while in the supporter show, and some additional stuff that's going to give us some more insights in the main show later on. So there is some Hillary stuff I want to get to, but I don't think I want to start there. We've talked a lot recently, um, and we've seen even more than we've been able to talk about recently. Riots, police brutality, uh, the massive crackdowns in response to that, really intense stuff. And so in the wake of all of that this week, President Obama has made some announcements to some changes that are a bit vague, but seem like maybe a step in the right direction to reduce the militarization of local police forces. However, the devil like this kind of on these kinds of things, as always, is definitely in the details. President Obama is making it harder this morning for police departments to get some surplus military equipment. The White House is banning distribution of certain gear like grenade launchers and bayonets to local law enforcement agencies. Major Garrett is at the White House with the president's reason for the ban. Major, good morning. Good morning. President Obama has stopped Pentagon shipments of some battlefield-ready military gear to local police departments. But most military surplus shipments will continue to flow. However, there will be new rules requiring more public awareness, which could trigger more public debate. Unrest in Ferguson, Missouri last summer acquainted Americans with an unsettling and largely unknown reality. Many police departments have intimidating military vehicles and gear. All of it shipped at no charge from Pentagon surplus. In Camden, New Jersey, a city successfully fighting systemic violent crime, President Obama announced some military equipment will now stay in Pentagon storage. We've seen how militarized gear can sometimes give people a feeling like there's an occupying force as opposed to a force that's part of the community that's protecting them and serving them can alienate and intimidate local residents and send the wrong message. Banned equipment includes tank-treaded personnel carriers. Okay, so they can't have tanks. Grenade launchers. Okay, so no grenade launchers. And bayonets. Okay, so they can't stab you. But police departments can still receive mine-resistant personnel carriers of the kind used to quell recent unrest in Baltimore. And local departments can also request and receive long-range firearms, night vision goggles, and riot shields. The president traveled to Camden to highlight lower crime rates that he said are in part the result of better community-oriented policing. Since 2012, the rate of violent crime in Camden has dropped 23 percent, and its murder rate has been cut in half. Hmm. We know these problems are solvable. We know we're not lacking for answers. We're just lacking political will. Republican Governor Chris Christie worked with local and state Democrats to refocus Camden's crime-fighting efforts. It's, it's a joint thing, and if the president wants to hop on board and say <laughs> he wants to be part of it now, great. 
Oh, wow. Police reform advocates called the president's moves insignificant and urged the administration to confront the much more complicated task of discriminatory policing. Mm. As for those surplus military vehicles, weapons and gear, police departments will now have to make their requests public, train their officers in their use and keep detailed records once that surplus gear arrives. So a victory for sure, but one that we always seem to get now, isn't it? Where they do something egregious, and then they come in and make it a little better. And by a little better, it's like, okay, if you were going to do something as egregious as this, this is the bare minimums. Like notifying the public, training the officers, making the purchases public, things like that. Probably should have been baked in at the beginning, right? You see how that should have been done a long time ago? And now, now that we get that, we're like, oh, good. They don't get tanks, and now we know when they get armored vehicles. At least they can still shoot people with sniper rifles. This is where we live in now. Or um, the USA Freedom Act, right? That the, the Rand Paul, he's, uh, as we're recording this right now, actually. <clears throat> I should probably pull that up. Senator, Senator Rand Paul is not really doing a filibuster because there's not he's not really holding up legislation, but, you know, it's kind of the same concept. Well, at least he thinks so. And... Uh, He's right now holding the floor, trying to hold up the USA Freedom Act. No, no, they still get tear gas. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. they got to have tear gas. And uh, anyways, <clears throat> you know, it's the same thing. Like, the, oh, they're reforming the NSA data collection because now the telcos will save the data instead of the NSA directly. Oh, yeah, that sounds like that doesn't sound like reform. That sounds like horrible compromise. And they're probably going to have less rules. This actually doesn't seem good. Oh, he's still going. From the Sunlight Foundation by uh, Sean Vitka. He's been going for hours now, I think, right? The the title is The USA Freedom Act is about to pass the House. Is it a step backwards? Sunlight and others have had major concerns about the USA Freedom Act for some time. Broadly speaking, it isn't a satisfactory level of reform, given what we've learned in the past two years about government surveillance (laughs) and the immense secrecy that surrounds it. Yeah. Until last week, it's fair to say some considered the bill a net positive, some a net negative, Mm. and that no one thought it was enough for reform. As time has progressed, we've seen what began in 2013 as a decent, if tunnel-visioned, compromise chipped away at, including the transparency and accountability provisions glasses come off. Now, I think this is an important point because USA Freedom started out pretty good and it got mm. a little bit less good over time. <laughs> He's been going think for hours about now. where we are right now. Passed overwhelmingly in the House. Uh-huh. The majority in the Senate doesn't want it because they think it uh, lessens the bulk collection too much. Oh. So they're going to chip away at it again. So imagine where we're going to be in the end if that's what we're going to pass. I think it'd be better just to be done with bulk collection. Hey! Let's be done with bulk collection. Hey! Let's start over. Hey! But let's don't in- replace it hey! with something that may end up being just as bad. What a brilliant statement. Look at him go, Rand. Look at you. You keep going, brother. We'll check back in with you in a little bit, buddy. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to vote for you, Rand, but I'm sure as glad you're saying what you're saying. I know that. Uh, all right, so uh, can we talk Hill Dog now? I mean, he's doing that for politics, right? That seems like only fair to talk Hill Dog. In fact, we're going to do this in the show, too. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, 
I guess that's just the way my mind works. So I want to get oh 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 and Lindsey Graham too, but I feel like I should wait for Chase. I think I'll wait for Chase on that one because Chase is on the way right now. Chase is uh, says it's about three minutes away. <clears throat> so let's see here. Uh, let's uh, you guys, man. The media is a bunch of bunch of dicks. So uh, Hill Dog's been uh, you know she she decided to pull back a little bit. She went through the ringer with the whole email scandal, and now it's been Jeb's Bush with the whole comments on Iraq because he said some dumb stuff about Iraq and. Well, he just kind of fumbled it a little bit, right? And so the media's been running that for the week. So Hill Dog's got the turn, t- took some time off. She thought she's in the good. She's like, I'm clear. I, no, it's it's Jeb's turn. You don't, no, 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 no. I'm, and no, but the media's pissed. You know, it turns out they count every single day that she doesn't answer one of their questions, and they do not like it. So they have been hounding her, and every network now has a report of Hillary Clinton finally answers questions. And so uh, here's one of those. I said, oh, geez, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, man. They just have this super close-up of Hillary Clinton right away that just kind of got my attention. In fact, here, I'll, I'll put it so you can see it right away. Just boom, hill dog in your face. Hey, are you all ready? Yeah! Tell me, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> it was- oh, that's so great. <laughs> okay. Hey, y'all ready to tell me something I don't know? As in, like, we got a surprise for you? All right, look at her. Okay, so let's just, that's just, this is fun for Chris. Hey, are you It wasn't exactly Hillary it. Clinton unplugged, but for the first time in 28 days, she answered questions on the campaign trail. Well, hello, everyone. About uh, those emails as Secretary of State. I have said repeatedly, I want those emails out. Nobody has uh, a bigger interest in getting them released than I do. The State Department initially said it could take until January to release all 55,000 pages. A judge said today they should come sooner in smaller batches. Clinton said she agreed, even though her insistence on using a private email server as Secretary of State started the whole controversy. I'm repeating it here in front of all of you today. I want them out as soon as they can get out. Of course she does, because if they come out in 2016, that's not very good. She wants them out now to get it underneath this, so that way the campaign is not talking about it. It's already going to be an issue in the campaign. The longer it takes for these emails to come out, the more of an issue it is. She has time right now to burn on stuff like this, and she wants them out fast. I believe her. On her second visit to Iowa... She hoped to talk about reviving small businesses. How are you? But the criticism for not taking questions, as other candidates do, has dogged her. Oh. So she relented and even flashed a smile until we asked about what kind of relationship she would have if elected president with old controversial Clinton allies. Now, this is such a funny... Now, uh, they don't tell you who they're talking about, but there's people that have been involved in some pretty major scandals, and there's some recent ones that have come to light, and that's... they know She knows who, who they're referring to. They're, they're referring to a specific individual with this question. She knows that, and so it throws her off a little bit. <laughs> I have many, many old friends. The particular friend... That means I have lots of allies. <laughs> I mean, really, think about what that statement means. That's not a good, safe statement for her to make. Uh, and it's really not a good statement when you hear how she finishes that sentence. Boy, look at that. Ooh, you got me there. Ooh, you got me there. Many, many old friends. The particular friend in question is Sidney Blumenthal, who sent her private emails on Libya, which she passed around the government. Hmm. She did not say whether she knew he had business interests at stake. Contracts, maybe? 
He sent me unsolicited uh, emails, which I uh, passed on. I'm going to keep talking to my old friends, uh, whoever they are. She also defended the Clinton Foundation and its foreign donations. I am so proud of the foundation. I'm proud of the work that uh, it has done and that it is doing. I'll let uh, the American people make their own judgments about that. On the Iraq war, an issue tripping up Republicans, she made her regret clear. I know that there have been a lot of questions about Iraq uh, posed to candidates uh, over the last weeks. I've made it very clear that uh, I made a mistake, plain Mm. and simple. She made a mistake, guys. She also said her wealth. $25 $25 million for 104 speeches since January of 2014 What wouldn't make it harder to connect to those everyday Americans she talks about on the campaign trail. Of course trip. not. Obviously, Bill and I have been blessed, um, and uh, we're very grateful for the opportunities They're that we've had. They're uh, blessed, guys. But we've never forgotten where we came from. Nope. But those questions Hashtag are never forget. the only one she's facing. Even Democrats have been calling on her to take a stand on trade. But today, she walked a careful line. I want to judge the final agreement. I have been for trade agreements. I have been against trade agreements. How's your buddy? I'm talking about Hill Dog. Oh, you changed over here again. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a new, it's a new installation. Just to throw you off a little bit, buddy. So just a little, we just did a little Hill Dog update before you got here, Chase. Welcome in, buddy. Welcome in. Why don't I play one more uh, clip while you get set up? Word. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Hmm. Why don't we talk about? Do you mind? Let's do a little veggies. Chat room. We did a poll. We did some politics. Let's do uh, Ukraine. The uh, situation in Ukraine. It's not doing. It's not going so well. So let's write them a check for three hundred million. That ought to fix things up. Not that we have any interest over there, of course. No, but here, here's a check for three hundred million. Seriously, take Ukraine's cash-strapped army is to receive some three hundred million dollars in military assistance from America following the approval of Congress. And while the money is still to appear, American soldiers are on the ground training Kiev's troops. But as Murad Gaziev, he reports, frustration is already mounting with Ukrainian army's capabilities. When the civil war began, the Ukrainian military was in a sorry state. It lacked almost everything from organization and morale to basic weapons and even clothes. But since then, it's come a long way in some areas. In other areas, not so much. By and large, the Ukrainian military is a conscript army. And when you hand multi-million dollar weapons to barely trained teenagers... ...you get trouble. Trouble multiplied by... Oh man, these are great. How come we haven't seen these before? Look at that. Oh, shoot. Oh, no. But not to worry. Washington sent almost 300 of its troops to train Ukraine's fledgling forces. While en route to Ukraine, understood that they might not know even the basics. And when the troops do know how to use something, it's not a fact that that something will work. Abort. Lacking in equipment and spare parts, Ukrainian soldiers have turned creative. Some of their vehicles, for example, would not look amiss on the set of a Mad Max movie. Some I love this. This is some great propaganda here. This is so stand out. Oh, I love but this. What do ordinary Ukrainians think of the military? 
Ah, his audio is too horrible. I'm not going to listen to that. This is great. The whole thing's in the uh, supporters thing. Mr. Chase, grab your microphone. The people want to hear from you. Come on now. Come on now. Hey, man. You know, it's this, this, it's this new installation of whatever this going thing on. is going on. Your mic's not on. They can't even hear you. Yeah, they just. Oh, hold on. You know what? While you set up, have you heard the discussion around the word thug? Really? No. Do, you, do you know how much news I have to listen to that you don't even hear crap? So <clears throat> you didn't even apparently know this. No. But there has been a ton of controversy around the use of the word thug. Thug. Being racist. Meaning thug means an aggressive black person or something. That's – wait. It's, 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 it, it deals with race? Chat room, do you know what I'm talking about here? I didn't know that the word thug dealt with African Americans. Well, see, there. This has been the discussion uh, since Baltimore. People have said it does, and people have been like, "No, that's not what thug means." There's actually, see, I think this is the media that co- creates these fake controversies. Oh, jeez. It's, it's, it's been a fake. It's basically been, and I'm glad you don't know actually, because it means you didn't get distracted by it. It's basically, and we haven't talked about it in the show because it's been a mainline distraction, right? Yes. So, <clears throat> anyways, there's been a lot of crap about the word thug. I've heard it as well. I think it's dumb. See, so Rusty knows what I'm talking about. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So WW says thug is being used in place of the N word. That's been the big case. MSNBC has been the has been the primary network pushing this forward. Wow. Is that instead of saying the N word, people are saying thug? No. All right. So I agreed. I agreed. But you know, I thought maybe there was some room. And uh, yeah. All right. Well. I, I consider I a, a thug anybody. I, that's I was like- I was prepared for you to argue with me, and then I was going to have Greta. Which I never would have Greta make my case for me, but today Greta was going to make my point. Wow! Wait, now she's I off the record. Talk about off the record for a minute. I want to talk about some bullies. The word police. They are bullies. The word police. I use the word thug to describe rioters in Baltimore who are lighting cars on fire and burning down a senior center. And then I heard that some said using the term thug to describe the violent rioters was racist. Racist? Okay, that was silly. And worse, it was needless bullying that created a short-term distraction from real problems. But I had advice for those bullies, the word police. I told them to look the word thug up in the dictionary, and they'd learn the definition of the word thug. It's violent criminal. Thug is not a racial slur. It's a violent criminal. So you ask, why am I raising that now, weeks after the fires have been put out in Baltimore? Well, because I'm an equal opportunity thug name caller. Those bikers in Texas, those gang members, they knew there would be trouble. They went there looking for trouble. And guess what? They're thugs. Oh, geez. In fact, some of those bikers are both thugs and even murders. Oh, my goodness. So my message tonight is directed right at the word police. You need to stop being bullies. You need to stop being so silly and start worrying about what is important, not about words. But what is about happening? What? But about what is happening? What is it, Greta? In our communities. Oh, good job! You got it out, girl. Good job. Way, way to go. So yeah, I just I, I wasn't sure what you because you know you you uh, you probably you probably get more of your media from radio these days, huh? Uh, well, I do work for a media company. I know, but do you actually watch what they're putting on the air? Do I watch what they're putting on? Because because you I'm mean, just wondering because you didn't catch the thug thing, so I don't know. I was just wondering. <laughs> Thug thing is pretty well known. Just, yeah, everybody knew about thug thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, do you want you? Oh, you know what, Chase? So I was letting people know that I'm down a computer this week. So yes. we're doing. We're going to put the supporter show out for everybody this week. Okay. <clears throat> so all this right. is. So so one shot deal. Kind of an introduction to folks that aren't familiar with the unfiltered supporter shows. So so, you, so you're saying is I I I, I can't drop any f bombs, any t bombs. We don't normally t bomb. What's what's that? Thug. Oh, <laughs> the t word. Come on, man. The t word. It's the t word. The T word. Yeah, you don't sorry. say end bomb, right? No. Yeah. The T word, the N word, yeah. Yeah. the S word, the I thought C it was, word. I thought you were referring to uh, testosterone, so. C- the no. C word. Uh, the Chris word. 
the chase word. So I, I don't know. If, I don't want to overdo it because people that aren't familiar with the regular format probably don't know that. Like we have a bunch of clips that aren't really related to the main show that we kind of sneak in. Right. Yeah. That but we do I, during this time. But now it's like when you're doing like this kind of a hybrid approach. It's kind of weird. I don't want to scare people away. So 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 since this is a supporter show, yeah. for the public, yeah, yeah, which is kind of like the reversal kind of right. Weird exactly. Thing, yeah, right. Yeah. Do do we do an official introduction? Well, we're gonna. I, well. We, we have to, like, say, you know, welcome to the show. Hi, my name is John. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to play the music. Oh, okay, so that will happen. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, I don't have a video or anything. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, we no, just I was say, thinking what we could do yeah. is when we get to that point, yeah. we'll just play music for a little longer than we normally do because it's such a good song. We don't really give it air. And and i got to come in on a different interface so it'll sound a little better than normally does. Ooh. Uh, but before we get to that, there yes. is one kind of big picture thing. The, you know, one, it's funny, we're, and we're going to do it in this show, too. We talk about the Middle East and ISIS and Iraq and all and, and Libya and all these areas right. we're going to talk about today so much. And, and the funny thing is, in the back of my mind, I know that the big picture, what we really need to be paying attention to is China and maybe Japan, but China. And it's just, just I know in the big picture, it's really China that we need to care about. And I think one of the reasons the Obama administration has been stumbling in the Middle East in the last, uh, well, <laughs> three years is because they really don't, they don't want to be focused there anymore. They want to be focused on China. And I, I, I think there's something there. And this clip kind of gives a little background, puts a little smoke in the air, makes me think there might be some fire here, Chase. U.S. Secretary Boom. of State John Kerry has voiced concerns over Beijing's claims to disputed waters in the South China Sea. The statement came during Kerry's visit to China and followed verbal sparring over the issue between both states. Strong words were also voiced earlier this week by the U.S. Assistant Secretary of Ooh. Defense. Ooh. We are actively assessing the military implications of land reclamation and are committed to taking effective and appropriate action. This as the Pentagon weighs up sending military ships and planes to the region, a possibility that's provoked a strong reaction from Beijing. Who is creating tensions in the South China Sea? In the past few years, the US has intervened in such a high-profile way. Does it stabilise the situation or further mess it up? The facts are out there. <laughs> we spoke to Jim Jatris, a former U.S. diplomat who believes Beijing's rhetoric is a legitimate response to Washington's attempt to extend its influence into China's backyard. More and more uh, of the world's productive capacity and financial clout is centered in Asia and particularly with China. Mm -hmm. The U.S. would very much like to off offset that because uh, American policymakers feel that is connected to our security concerns mm -hmm. in the Far East, where the United States would want to remain the dominant power in the Western Pacific. The United States rejects as a matter of principle any concept of spheres of influence. And what this means in practice is that we regard the entire globe as an American sphere of influence, <laughs> and we do not regard that China, for example, has legitimate security concerns on the Korean Peninsula or in the, in the South China Sea and so forth. Naturally, for China as a rising power in, in the Pacific, this is not acceptable. Natural conflict there, Chase. Wow. <laughs> now, buddy. By the way, on an unrelated note, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Telegram, which is the IM program that we use, mm -hmm. just pushed out an update to work with Android Auto. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. So if you send me a Telegram yeah. while I'm in the car, yeah. I can respond with my voice via the thing, and it will text, it will actually dictate your message to me. That's particularly neat. Yes. It is very nice. Now, is it as necessary if you also have Android Wear? 
Well, not necessarily, but I mean, you can use the microphone on your. I mean, yeah, it, I it all works together. Mm-hmm. What would be great is if I could use the mic on my wear to work with the auto. Huh? Uh, it yeah. probably will. It will. All right, Chatroom, I mean, don't well, forget I don't to Chatroom, please bang suggest as we go. We're going to get into this here in a little bit, and we need your titles super bad. We need your titles super bad. Super bad. Super super bad. Super bad. Super super bad. Super bad. <clears throat> all right. So, or you could just focus on driving, Mister Buttersworth. But then, how would we have an engaging conversation while Chase is driving? All right, Mister Chase. I should mirror cat again, even though it was just painful. Uh, that was actually quite bad, wasn't it? Uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to do. Uh, so hold on, I'm gonna. See, this thing is 20 seconds long. I'm going to do the This Is Unfiltered. Uh, of course, I don't really need to. I don't need to because peop- everybody's listening to it. I don't need to say that. I always, that's what I always say. No, 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 I'm talking normally the regular audience starts right now at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have your mic turned off because I normally would do the intro right now, but I don't need to. I can turn my mic right. off and just do the intro. Well, I'm just going to play the song. Yeah, but I have the intro this week. No, I mean, I'm talking about This the Is Unfiltered. Oh, that is- Shut up. Here we go. Jeez Louise. <laughs> what intro? And welcome to a very special edition of the Unfiltered Show. Oh, it's Jupiter. special, is it? It's, it's very special. It's cool because we have the extended intro. Yeah, that was nice. It's I very, missed that very song nice. a lot. I do miss that song. Hey, and, Chase. Hey, Chris. And this is episode number 144 yeah. of an ongoing, yeah. continuing awesomeness. As it, as it is this week, we're down a couple of machines, but we're still going on. Oh, no, yeah. I like it, actually, because it, every now and then I like to break the format up because it keeps it from getting monotonous. It's more raw it's more crisp and it is hot in here today that's a song isn't it no it's getting hot no in here. it's not getting hot so don't it take is off all your clothes freaking hot in here uh so what is the temperature is it like 90 degrees it, outside it, it was 70 like eight really like, yeah it was wow. really, it's really it nice actually out pretty there. Yeah. yeah except for when you're in a studio that has been baked by the sun all day long and you got six computers running and coding clips that's not exactly a conditions you want to be in buddy i'm just so, saying so, um, as, as some people may know here on the show, I, I, I do work in the industry now. Oh, my gosh. It's Anderson Cooper, everybody. And I, di- and I didn't tell you this when I came in because I saved it for the show. What do you always tell me, Chris? You say, Hello, say- everybody. No, oh. you don't say that. You say, oh. uh, not one. So say, I say, save it for the show. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Save it for the content <laughs> cookie. <laughs> so, so, here's the deal, Chris. All right. I got my first ever voiceover work 
for Como Radio. Really? Yeah. You did voiceover on the radio? Well, I, I did voiceover for the radio. It will be on the radio. Well, I don't, wait, what? what? Wait, no, I'll say that again. Well, I did voiceover. You did voiceover for the radio. For the radio. That will... Be on the radio. Okay, I thought you said, but the, I thought you said, but it won't be on the radio. No, it will be on the radio. Okay, all but right. It was, it was just two words. Tell me, no, what was it? Como's dependable. <laughs> so, so when you when you tune your car to Como's dependable, when you tune, That's what you said, yeah. So when you tune your car to uh, one thousand AM in the Seattle metro area or ninety seven. I wish I would have made me guess. I would have. That's I would never would have guessed that. <laughs> Never would have guessed that. Como's dependable. So they're going to have all these like little clips like, you know, Como's good. You know, Como's trustworthy. And I say Como's dependable. So like when they do those things, like when you turn that on on the radio and you hear that, that's just like people walking around that they grab from like the office? Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> well, I don't. I can't speak for other stations. That's you know they're all doing it that way. Well, yeah. What are we doing that? Hey, Rika, I got an idea. We should do it like you that. just bring Rika in. Yeah, and he goes, yeah. yeah. Unfiltered, dependable. Yeah. I have been told that Rika has a sensual voice. Oh, he does. That's what I've been told. Do you have it, an opinion? Uh, I haven't really. Well, I've I've heard his voice, but not over like cans yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so I, I don't yeah. know. But I, I what kind of mic were they using? Uh, he, you know, he was just using, I think, uh, an SM58. Oh. No, 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 no. No, I, yeah, no, I know. You think but, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, ra- it's radio. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it's radio. That's true. That's true. That is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's radio. Yeah, right. It's on FM, They don't too. care. What do they care? Yeah, it's no, radio. Right. They don't care about quality. Yeah, yeah. All right, Chase. So uh, speaking of quality, we have so much stuff to get into. Like uh, right now, as we're doing this show, there's a lot going on. Yesterday and like the day before, President Obama has had late night emergency ISIS meetings at the White House what? trying to figure out what the hell to do over there. Uh, today, as we're recording this show, your good buddy. My uh, good friend. Friend and longtime uh, pen pal. Uh, another uh, question. Um, oh, Senator, Rand? Yeah, Senator. What's he up to? Um, Senator Rand right now is it's like it's is he is he filibusting again? Well, it's more like a fundraiser. Oh, okay. Uh, Hey, there's uh, Maria. There's your other buddy, Maria Cantwell. She's from our state. uh, federal government who wants access, but they should go through the judiciary. So uh, what's happening right now is we record Unfiltered episode 144. It's May 20th, 2015. And Senator Rand Paul is trying to delay the USA Freedom Act. That's it's right. Not a it's, se- it's supposed to expire. No, the Patriot Act. Oh, that's right. right. Sorry. So there's, not the Freedom. I'm there's sorry. A, there's so many acts. Yeah, right. So, okay. Here's what's going You know what? I should back up, kind of explain what's... Because it, it is, it is yeah. getting confusing. Right. The Patriot Act is set to expire soon, in yes. June. Okay? In the, beginning, in the first like week or so of June or something like that. Yeah. So there is a new bill being proposed called the USA Freedom Act. Now, it's been chipped away at over and over for the last few weeks, and it's actually, we're not done with it yet. In fact, the Senate wants to uh, change some of the bulk collection stuff. Still, it's not done yet, and it doesn't do a very good job, but we are up a pretty head, a pretty hardcore deadline. Um, And so this is why Senator Rand Paul is doing this right now. That hardcore deadline, vacation. That's right. Everybody uh, wants to take a little time <laughs> off. They want Memorial Day weekend uh-huh, off. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. They want a barbecue. <laughs> Dude, everybody's got a barbecue. Come yeah, on. Everybody wants some steaks. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I want to play, uh, let's play a little bit of the NSA court ruling to give us some background, and then we'll talk about the Patriot Act, the USA right. Freedom Act, okay. and this clip is going to give us some of the info we need. All so right. we'll start here and then fill the rest in as we get to that. And the National Securities Agency's a mass collection of phone records has actually won broad support in the House of Representatives. The decision comes less than a week after the Court of Appeal ruled that the NSA's phone data collection program is illegal. 
Okay, so you remember this ruling? Yes. This, this happened uh, very recently. This happened last week. But so. the ruling stated that, yeah, the, it's illegal, but they're going to leave it up to Congress, to ma- and they're not going to put right. a hold on it. So the idea is, hey, you know what we'll do is we'll create this USA Freedom Act. Uh, this USA Freedom Act sort of uh, it moves the bulk collection responsibility to the telcos. They have to hold it for two years, and then the government needs a court order to get access to it. But you know these wait, court orders. wait, wait, wait. Explain the court order. The court order is through this, oh, great, secret FISA court, mm-hmm. which, by the way, rubber stamps about 99.78% yes. of them. Right, right. Well, here, you know what? This clip will give you uh, a, a lot more background on uh, this particular Congress aspect of it. Congress is deciding the conditions under which the National Security Agency can monitor your phone records. It's a decision that has to be made soon. The government's authority to keep collecting the data expires June 1st. And for the Senate, the deadline is sooner than that, since lawmakers want to leave town by Memorial Day. That leaves them little time to address a controversy that erupted two years ago. That's when Edward Snowden showed the government was collecting massive amounts of telephone records from Americans. For many in Congress, the question now is not how to ban this practice, but how to do it within the law. NPR's Elsa Chang reports. There's a phenomenon around the Capitol that often happens right before a congressional recess. I want to stay! Stalemates dissolve and deals suddenly materialize just because lawmakers want to get on a plane and go home. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell may just need some of that magic now. After vowing the Senate will finish legislation on trade, highway funding, and government surveillance programs all by the end of the week. Senators should know that I'm quite serious. I would advise against making any sort of travel arrangements until the path forward becomes clear. If McConnell has his way, the path forward on government now, surveillance is very clear. And McConnell, uh, so McConnell, who's in a position of power now, uh, McConnell wants to basically just give him everything. Uh-huh. And of course, he's using this vacation as leverage to do that. And very fast. He wants to keep the program as is for five more years. Uh-huh. But that is not going to fly. With so punt it, right? Punt it into the next president. Punt it just like they we keep d- punting. Just like we did with, with the Patriot Act. Yep, exactly. Much of the chamber. You know, I think the Bill of Rights is a pretty important part of our, this is Rand, obviously. Of course. our constitution and our heritage. For starters, McConnell's got to deal with the guys running for president, like Republican Rand Paul of Kentucky, who's made the National Security Agency a signature issue. Paul's threatening to stop even a very short extension of the phone records program. I will filibuster unless there's an open debate process and, and debate and uh, amendments allowed. He's not the only one making this threat. And the problem is an open debate is not exactly what the Senate has time for this week. Vermont Democrat Patrick wow. Leahy is hoping that time pressure will get his colleagues to settle on a middle ground between McConnell and Paul, a bill the House has already passed. You either pass the House bill or pass nothing. Yep. Because you don't have time to do anything other than The House than bill's that. compromised. Under the House measure, the NSA would no longer store the phone records. Instead, if the government wants the data, it would need a court order to get the about. records from phone companies. Mm-hmm. But even senators who support this plan aren't totally sure those companies can be reliable partners. Here's Democrat Dianne Feinstein of California. My good friend. Some of us that are concerned as to whether the telecoms will hold the data for at least two years. Of course they will, because they're going to charge us to do it. They're going to make a ton of money. And that's, 
is an iffy thing. Yeah, we just, we just want to do it ourselves. It's we, so, it's so well, easier. Or actually what it sounds like is she wants hardcore legislation that says you will. If you're a telco, you have to do this. And she wants it across the board probably, and they would apply it to anything that they define and, as a telco. And, yeah, and, all, and not Telegram, only Telegram, I mean, Skype, all, all the way down WhatsApp, to, to your local you know, Sonic provider down yeah, in California, yeah, small, big, yeah. it doesn't matter. Your telco of any kind, yep. you provide communications, then you need to provide this. You need yep. to be able to provide this right. across the board. We don't know for sure one way or another. And when the Senate doesn't know for sure what to do as it hurdles towards a deadline, it often reaches for the next best thing. It buys time. That could mean a short-term extension of the NSA program so senators can leave for their recess without delay and come back to deal with the hard part later. Oh, she Elsa didn't put Chang, that in. NPR way. News, the Capitol. <laughs> oh, that flush wasn't, I thought that was the... Uh, no, 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 she didn't do that. That flush wasn't, that wasn't in no, there, huh? that, that was So right now, Senator Rand Paul <laughs> is a trending term on um Go, Twitter. Rand, go. Yep, he's made it. He's on the top, and uh, they're using this. His campaign is using this right now to raise funds. Uh, not necessarily a, a bad idea. Um, yeah. uh, join us and see he's linking where people can uh, find more and uh, give him money. <laughs> I don't know. Here, let's tune in. My before. friend from Kentucky has oh. sure shown both his commitment. This and is Ron Wyden, who has been really one of the people in the really fighting to get some of this knocked down and bring it public. Yeah, and from the Northwest, by the way. Before long, and I thank him, and we'll have additional questions at that time. So, so first so, off, so he's kind of helping. He's going to yeah. come back and ask questions. And, later. and, and by the way, I mean, th- this is nonpartisan here. That's a Democrat there saying, you know, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to hear from Rand Paul, and who's so a Republican. Cantwell. Yeah, so I Cantwell. mean, see, this mm-hmm. is it's what it's so about. One of the things he's been doing while he's up here, I've, I've been tuning in for the last few hours. I think he's been doing this for. I don't know how many hours. CNN has a countdown right now. Wow. They call it the Rando Clock. It's, oh, I'll think, see if I can find that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Could you? Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, so uh, one of the things he's been doing that I thought was a really good way to kill time is he's reading articles talking about the issues with the Patriot Act and the USA Freedom Act. And he's, I think that's a really – and he's, so he's talking about their commentary as a way to kill time. And I've been wondering what the hell is he going to do to fill time like this? He must have a staff supplying him with information. Uh, so he takes the mic off. He says something. Says, "Hey, go get me this." Abroad from Europe to South America, say they are gaining customers that are shunning U.S. providers. This is talk Suspicious about the economics because of it. Of the revelations of Snowden that tied these providers to the NSA's vast surveillance program. The estimates are in the billions of dollars lost to American companies. Even as Washington grapples with the diplomatic and political fallout of Mr. Snowden's leaks. The more urgent issue, companies and analysts say, is hmm. economic. So I think this is interesting. We'll check back in with maybe at the end of the show and see what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, chat room's estimating about six hours right now. That sounds wow. about right. It's 9 p.m. Eastern where he's at. He's starting to sound a little hoarse. Uh, and I've been checking with him. I've been checking in with him now for a while. Hour seven, they just tweeted 40 minutes ago. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been... I mean, talk about it. This is an interesting way to do a presidential campaign. I'll tell you that. I, I'm I'm a little I'm I'm kind of impressed as that. Uh, here, you know what? Are you done with this topic or one more clip? Uh, one more clip's fine. Okay, one more clip's okay. All right, one more clip, and then we'll be done with the Rand Paul topic, and we'll move on. So Dan, uh, Senator Paul, Collins, look. So here's an example of the Rand Paul clock. A, a uh, nitpicker, but it's not technically a filibuster, right? Not yet, uh, because to be an actual technical filibuster, you have to be holding up some piece of legislation. He's not technically doing that right now, but if he keeps speaking until mid night he will technically be doing that oh. uh, on the on the trade bill. Has to do then. But regardless he's talking as you said that's midnight eastern talking yeah. maybe it's even overnight now. it just depends on how long he can go why the reason he's doing this is because uh, he is opposed to 
continuing or extending the key provisions of the Patriot Act. They're going to expire on June 1st, uh, which have to do with NSA wiretapping, which he has long, long, long opposed. Uh, he's also running for president, and it just so happens that uh, the minute he took to the Senate floor, it, it was a coordinated effort with his presidential campaign to send tweets, to raise money, uh, and also to keep kind of the mem- momentum going, because, you know, it certainly isn't a unified position on the Republican side to be opposed to this. There are plenty of... Uh, you know, I want to stop right there. So this yeah. is one thing I was thinking about, is this is a political stunt for Rand, but it's not the first time he's done this either. And one of the things that he does when he does this is he seems to bring some people along over with him yeah. and they realize he's getting attention for doing this. I will also repeat that same line. Yeah. And I got to tell you, this is a line I like being ha- had repeated. Go ahead, market this one to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Of yeah. fellow Republicans who say that we need these yeah. these rules uh, we need, because they're I mean put in place under George W. Bush. But Rand Paul is uh, very uh, unique in some ways in the Republican field in that he has tapped into the uh, libertarian kind of anti-big government uh, fervor out there that really very much does exist in the Republican Party. Do you think I love it? I love it when CNN just just blanket stereotypes Republicans. Oh, uh, and, by the way, uh, Chris, breaking news. Mm-hmm. I, I got breaking news here. Uh, go ahead. Do you have what kind of breaking news? Is it oh, CNN yeah. breaking news, Jake? This is CNN breaking news. Uh, Rand Paul is being sponsored now by Red Bull. He's going to get are you it. Serious? No, I'm kidding. That would be so funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, you think he could go till midnight? Yeah, absolutely. Could you do it? Totally. Yeah, I could do it too. Totally. The only problem I would have, and the thing I, mean, I actually, and I'm not three joking. hours for liberty and justice yeah. from this. Mark. See, look at me. See right now, I'm. I, I could. I could do it. I see. I, I couldn't stand. My problem would be is I couldn't stand for that long. I'd have to sit down. And the cool thing and is, I'm he, on and t- t- totally behind the scenes. I'm on a. I'm on a cushion mat. Yeah, right you're now. on a cushion mat right yeah. now. I, so I you, do you know, he's got like Doctor Scholl's or something in his loafers. Sure, I am barefoot. Yeah. I, I podcast barefoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear that. But that's no, I mean, all he's got to do is make it three more hours uh, from our mark right yeah, now, yeah. and uh, he could do it. You know, uh, you know. let's do one more thing of politics, and then we'll get into some ISIS stuff. ISIL, but, uh, Chris, yeah, Right. ISIL. You know who else uh, we're going to be hearing about uh, soon? Um, Chase, there's a oh, – you know what? Let's play a game with the chat room. Let's just have fun with this one, okay? Are you ready? Do you, want, do you mind? Yeah, no. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the chat room, who is going to announce very soon their candidacy for president? And they're going to join because the world is falling apart. A new candidate is going to enter the field perhaps as early as next week with hints this week. Chase, do you have any guess? Don't oh, say it if you do. I, I think I know who it is if I see the name. Yeah, okay. If you see the name, you tell me when to pull it. It's a new contender. New contender. They have a long political career. They've been featured on this show many times. They yes. are a recurring character on our show. That's right. So, okay, you, so you're thinking along the same lines so yeah, far? Well, yeah, I, okay. yeah. Okay, all right, all right. <clears throat> but uh, unfortunately, so you're not, far... You're not seeing the name, huh? No, no. Do so you want me to pull it for yourself? Uh, I, see, I, I would know the name if I saw it. I just uh, don't... So you need someone to trigger the memory. All right, I'll narrow it down. You want me to narrow it down? You can narrow it down. On the Republican side. Ooh, so that, that takes out Biden, that takes out Chelsea, that yep. takes out... Alan uh, Jude, takes out Alan Jude. What, what about Ralph Nader? No, no, no. Come on, come on. I don't... Re- I, 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 it's not Mitt. We already knew about Mitt. All right, all right, all right. All right. Well, then go ahead and pull it and re- announce right. it, man. All right, you ready? Yeah, do it. Actually, Intrepid X gets it. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's correct. That is correct. It is Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is joining because the world, Chase, is falling apart. And Lindsey looks like he's maybe cutting back on the prescription pills a little bit. On Friday, you said that there is a 99.9% chance (laughs) 
that you were going to make an announcement to run for president. You know, when you're a little kid, your mom says there's no time like the present. We offer you this beautiful platform. Well, it is a beautiful platform, <laughs> but it's not as beautiful as Central South Carolina. Oh, I'll be making an announcement on June 1st. Uh-huh. You're all June invited 1st? to come spend money when you do. And I will tell you what I'm going to do about running for president. May I ask you one question? Yes, you may. Are you running in part because you look at the field? And you uh, that's think- good enough. Uh, uh, that's all. I don't really I don't care any more than that. But I, Lindsey Graham's running, and it's going to be an interesting race. Let's talk about ISIS. So I mentioned Obama's been having – right, IS dash – has been having these immediate uh, emergency meetings uh, to talk about what the hell is going on. I want to talk about the aspect of ISIS that I think is sort of being respun right now, right in front of our very eyes, and that's ISIS in Libya. And uh, this clip will set it up, and then we're going to talk about it just a little bit. With a relentless push, ISIS fighters rout Iraqi army units and take the city of Ramadi. But tonight, there's chilling new information on ISIS's conquests beyond Iraq and Syria. The terrorist group now has an operational foothold in Libya. Chase, could you – do I have your machine there? I don't know if I have a shot. I don't know. I don't know if I have a shot of your machine. Could you do me a favor? Yeah, Could what's you bring up, up a map of Libya? Like, Google, do an image one. Don't do a Google Maps. Because yeah, I right. want you to get perspective of it in the world. Uh, so if you could do me a favor and look up Libya and, and then maybe a map that shows Libya in relation to uh, Iraq. Okay. Yeah, okay. Or Syria or whatever. And while well, we'll play this clip. U.S. intelligence officials telling CNN, ISIS and its regional allies are increasingly using Libya for safe haven, logistics, and joint training where they can possibly plot attacks. They set up the first uh, Libyan affiliate of the Islamic State in this town called Derna. Oh, look, uh, he's got a map for us. Oh, oh well, that, that, how nice. That Thank actually you. solves us. Oh, that's All right, very good. Okay, Chase, so, yes, um, well, except for it doesn't show you where Iraq is. But do you see uh, what's right above Libya there? Uh, well, there's the Mediterranean Sea, this, isn't it? Yeah, this blue stuff here, Chase. Yeah, that's the Mediterranean Sea, isn't it? So, okay. Isn't it? So, I, I, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be called water. Yeah, that's right. That's water. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, last time I checked. Yeah. So I'm just wondering. Uh, now I'm not an expert, but uh, did the now I don't know how they did a chase, but did the ISIS fighters did they swim over there, Chase? How did they? How did they get from Iraq to Libya? All chase? right. So 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 all right. So Iraq's here, where my mouse is. You uh-huh. can see it moving around. Did they go through all of them? Go through Egypt, Chase? Because I think Egypt probably would have noticed. No, that. no. The, okay. Jordan, Lebanon, yeah, Israel. Yeah. Israel definitely. Saudi not. Arabia probably would have noticed something going. Yeah, they on would there. have okay. noticed. Okay, so, so they probably so, didn't go through Saudi so Arabia. They, so, and Egypt. They, so they went down a boat. Yeah. So did all of the ISIS fighters get on a boat and go into Libya, Chase? That that must have happened. But I mean, if that did happen, Chris, wouldn't a drone just knock them out? Yeah, don't you think maybe satellite imagery would have seen that? Yeah, or maybe when they got to the docks, we would have stopped them? So how did... Uh, I have a theory. I mean, maybe there's... Oh, I know. I know, Chris. They're, huh. they're being flown in from yeah. the United States and Canada. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Uh, maybe that's what it is. East. They later set up branches in, in uh, the east in Benghazi, down in the south, and also uh, in Tripoli. Tariq Al-Harzi, a top ISIS operative who's on the U.S. government's global terrorist list, has obtained and shipped weapons from Libya, the State Department says. He's obtained and shipped weapons from Libya. Okay. Believed to be an operational leader, Al-Harzi, known as the Emir of Suicide Bombers, has a $3 million bounty on his head from the U.S. government. U.S. intelligence officials tell CNN the chaotic civil war between groups fighting for control of Libya has enabled ISIS to sweep into the vacuum. Analysts say the group's establishing camps, cells, recruiting networks, spreading horrific ISIS propaganda, like the images of Ethiopian Christians being beheaded on a Libyan beach. Oh, interesting note uh, about uh, ISIS B-roll. 
You know how you've always yeah, noted yeah, ISIS B-roll? Yeah, and they always give attribution. The Obama administration has specifically asked media outlets to stop playing some of it, uh, some of the stuff like them exercising and things like that. Like the Obama, I didn't know this, but the Obama administration actually asked the media which ISIS B-roll to play and which ISIS B-roll not to play. Uh, I don't know what that's about. So here's my here's my theory about what's going on in Libya. Here's a crazy idea. Okay. Maybe the entire thing we have with ISIS and all of their arms and all of it originated in Libya. Do you remember how there oh. were? Do you remember? Do you remember the whole Benghazi scandal and how yeah. there was a CIA safe yeah. house? Yeah. And I, and one of our ambassadors was killed. Yes. Well, what was the CIA doing in Libya? Good. Trafficking weapons. They're trafficking weapons. They're trafficking weapons, and those weapons go out now to. ISIS or whoever you want to call these different groups. And, of course, you just have different militants that fire and that, that, that rise up in different areas, and you can just call them ISIS. It doesn't matter. The U.S. In- intelligence agencies knew about weapons going from Benghazi to Syria years ago. In other breaking news this morning Whoa. on Benghazi now yeah, in this Fox News exclusive, because documents are now revealing that U.S. intelligence agencies were fully aware that weapons were moving from the terror stronghold in Libya to Syria before the attack that killed the four Americans that you see at the oh, center of our screen. Oh, look at that. The paper tra- you know what? It turns out Fox News staying on this Benghazi thing like a dog with a bone is actually, after all this time, paying off. I'm going to play that back just a little bit because this, this is new information that's been released because of a lawsuit. Libya to Syria before the attack that killed the four Americans that you see at the center of our screen. Where did ISIS get their start, supposedly? In Syria. What did she just say? They knew that weapons were going from Libya to Syria before ambassadors Ted Stevens... Ted Stevens, that's his name? No. <laughs> that's, name? that's the last... Ambassador... What is Senator. Stevens? I can't... Before the ambassador was killed. Yeah. They knew it. They yeah. knew the weapons were going to Syria. Yeah. They knew it. And yeah. now they had... Now, and now we know why... Oh, no, it was because the Iraqi soldiers left their guns and trucks behind. That's why. When they say weapons, they don't just mean rifles, by the way. The paper trail also contradicts President Obama's assertion that the rise of ISIS came as somewhat of a surprise to the administration. Chief Intelligence Correspondent Catherine Herridge on this for us live in D.C. So, Catherine, what are we learning here about this? Well, Martha, newly released documents show a serious disconnect between what the administration said and what was known at the Defense Intelligence Agency, also known as the DIA. This September 16, 2012 memo, copied to the National Security Council, State Department, CIA and others, concluded the Benghazi terrorist attack was planned at least 10 or more days in advance. The hmm. DIA memo also reports the attack was tied to 9-11 and was retaliation for a June 2012 drone strike that killed an al-Qaeda strategist. There is no discussion of a demonstration or an anti-Islam video. Drone strike blowback. Wow. Quote, the intention was to attack the consulate and to kill as many Americans as possible to seek revenge for the U.S. killing of Abu Yahya Alibi in Pakistan and in memorial of the 11 September 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center buildings. Judicial Watch obtained these new records by suing in federal court. Hmm. So uh, this is the deal, you guys. The ISIS isn't the ISIS isn't just showing up in Libya. They were originated in Libya. That's why Libya matters. That's why Hillary Clinton is huh. tainted. We came, we saw, we killed him. Remember her <laughs> yes. quote something right, like that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now ISIS is running amok. Um, and I don't know. One week we're, we're celebrating victories. The next week, apparently, we're celebrating losses. Oh, and thank you. Turning overseas now, where ISIS has overrun the city of Ramadi, a, a city that has a lot of meaning to a lot of American families. Not only the capital of Anbar province, but it's a region where nearly one in three of all U.S. casualties occurred 
during the Iraq war. Now, after all that sacrifice by American servicemen and women, Ramadi, less than 70 miles from Baghdad, is in the hands of the enemy. NBC's Bill Neely has our report. The retreat from Ramadi was fast and humiliating. Iraqi troops in dozens of armoured vehicles in a race for their lives. Forcing them out, ISIS fighters who shot this propaganda video showing a city abandoned by the army. ISIS gunmen controlling the hospital in the city centre. Iraqi troops fought for just two days, leaving behind American-supplied weapons and tanks. How crappy must this army be if they can't fight against these guys that have been, you know, t- some of them have been trained by CIA, some of them are just psychopaths, some of them are ex-military yeah. g- gangs, and they're going up against... Jeez, uh, it's just so depressing. But it's a setback for the U.S. A decade ago, NBC News was in Ramadi, where hundreds of American troops gave their lives... Like Bray Wyatt. Oh, wait. ...to hold the city. Today, Ramadi is held by the world's biggest terror group, and it will be tough to retake. It is possible to have the kind of attack we've seen in Ramadi, but I am absolutely confident in the days ahead that will be reversed. But U.S. airstrikes had pounded ISIS positions around Ramadi for weeks. It didn't work. Air power has its limits. The fall of Ramadi, uh, I mean, it's, it's huge. Critics like Senator John McCain are calling for U.S. boots on the ground, which the Obama administration has so far ruled out. Both the U.S. and Iraq will now rely on Shiite militias to retake the Sunni city of Ramadi. They helped regain Tikrit last month, but they are armed and backed by Iran. So what we're doing now is we're doubling down on the arming of different militia groups in Iraq. Right. They're like tribes. Okay. Uh, more based on religion than much else. Like subreddits? And some of right? yeah. yeah. And some of those same tribes are also being funded by Iran. So we are sending guns and money and comms equipment to tribes in Iraq. What could go wrong with that? Well, I wow, a lot. <laughs> we must we must sell so many guns. I mean, where somebody's got to buy and pay for all these guns. Well, it's it's those government contracts at Halliburton and all of those oh, other things. Man. Its influence is growing. The US is uneasy. Iraqi officials say ISIS or Daesh in Arabic will be beaten. No one here believes that Daesh is going to survive in Iraq uh, or uh, for much longer. But ISIS is now pushing towards the capital, Baghdad, with U.S. warplanes and Iraqi troops struggling to defeat it. I think that's the first time we've ever heard them referred to as Daesh on uh, Western media. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's been something that we've only heard uh, really us say. Uh, all right. Maybe he's listening to the show. Now, uh, we have reels of ISIS data, though, Chase. You know what's funny? We always have reams and reams of data. More than 100 U.S. Special Operations Forces involved in a raid that ended in the death of an ISIS commander in Syria. Yeah! A U.S. official telling CNN a firefight broke out almost yeah! immediately as U.S. troops yeah, America! this raid with ISIS fighters using women and They're keeping children that music and on a little long. shields. Yeah! U.S. Special Forces able to kill those ISIS fighters without harming, we are told, women or children yeah. or any other casualties there on the ground outside of ISIS fighters. The main target, Abu Sayyaf. He is described as a Tunisian citizen who had served as ISIS's chief financial officer, their top money man, running the group's stolen yeah. oil and gas fields and selling them on By the, the way, black market. By the way, production note, they don't have a picture of him, so show a silhouette. Yeah, possible deep knowledge of hostage ops. He ran their oil and gas fields. 
By the way, that silhouette, Wolf Blitzer. No, Recently, though, he had taken on a bigger role and may have had deep knowledge of the group's hostage operations, possibly even directly communicating with ISIS's leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Yeah! Special Ops Forces also managing to capture Sayaf's wife, along with reams and reams of data, laptops, cell phones with information they hope to glean on how ISIS operates and how ISIS makes its money. Chase, reams and reams of data, reams and reams of data, documents collected. What does that remind us of? Uh, reminds me of Snowden for some odd reason. <laughs> There's a good one. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of is when they raided uh, Bin Laden. Just you've got, It's been third, third, third week in a row we got to talk about Bin Laden. Uh, they raided Bin Laden's compound, and remember they seized like his books, his oh, documents, right. his yeah. porn. Yeah. Well, in the response to the story we ran last week about the supposed um, Seymour Hersh's article about the inaccuracies in Osama Bin Laden's murder, or whatever you want to call it, assassination, uh, one of the responses by the government this week has been to release some of the documents that they recovered oh, during the raid. Nice information. And I figured, uh, you know, out of anybody we could talk to, to get the 411 on the documents in the bedroom of Osama bin Laden, of Osama bin Laden it's our new buddy. My good friend. Rob O'Neill, former Navy SEAL, the man who killed Osama bin Laden, comes on Fox News to discuss Osama bin Laden's hidden documents in the room where he killed the man in the head by shooting him several times in the forehead. So he calls in to talk about the man that he killed <laughs> right now. That's quite an introduction. All right, back to the breaking news. U.S. intelligence now <laughs> releasing about 100 documents recovered from bin Laden's home. In Pakistan, this is going back to 2011, former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill credited with taking the kill shot that took out Bin Laden. Ah, let's credit him again. It's, yes. funny, how they're, it's funny how they're tweaking it every single week. Credited right, with wait, taking right, the wait. kill shot. Prediction, prediction. Have you seen this clip? Yeah, You've yeah, seen it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I've watched most but of it. But did you see the lower third? No, I didn't so pay attention. So are they going to know the man who killed Osama Bin Laden? So you know what's funny, though? Osama, excuse me. How couched could they make it now? Cre- the man. All right. First, it was the man who killed Usama bin Laden. Yeah, Usama with a Usama. U. Yeah. And then the next one was. What was the second? Stop like, calling him. The, they didn't call him the man who the man who shot. No, I think it was like, like, was like Navy shot. Seal or something. Yeah. No, yeah. it was just a pretty. And now thing. it's the man credited. I'm going to play it back. This yeah. Is, they just they keep changing it. They, it's really confusing. They keep changing it. In Pakistan, this is going back to 2011, former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill credited with taking the kill shot that took out bin Laden. So he's not even saying the guy who killed him now. Credited with taking the kill shot. Well, yeah. that, that almost sounds like that almost sounds like this is the guy it, we it, say. It, it almost sounds like I'm playing Counter-Strike yeah. and I'm taking the kill shot to, to make my team win. He's the guy that's been credited with it. He's been credited in the books, in the record books. On the internet, in the Wikipedia. Uh, he's on the phone now. Lafayette, oh, he's on the Louisiana. phone? Rob, good morning Let's to see. you. I know this was quick work. You've seen a little he bit. He barely gets a lower uh, third at all. has been released, and based on what you've oh, read so poor. far, what you take away? Hey, Bill, good morning. Uh, just Former based Navy on what SEAL. was released today, uh, what I'm thinking is it's kind of our government showing us the difference between what Osama bin Laden wanted and kind of what ISIS is doing right now. It's uh, Bin Laden was smart. He was a figurehead. Um, a little more popular than al-Baghdadi is, and he was... He, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so you know what's in the documents? There's a lot of things yeah, in the documents. Yeah, what's, what's in there? Uh, so it turns out, this is just what they've released. Don't okay. know if it's true right, or not. All right. Turns out, bit of a conspiracy nut. Really? Yeah, he had uh, documents on occults. Uh, he had documents. Uh, he had a book on the history of the Federal Reserve. Okay. Uh, he wanted to know the history of the Federal. I thought you know, some of Bin Laden's looking at the history of the Federal Reserve. Interesting. Uh, he was looking into secret societies. Uh, mm. Here, I got it. Look, you know what? Actually, I got it up right here. I can tell you. 
Okay. I'll have a link to it in the, the Washington Post. Uh, they kind of do tongue-in-cheek about it. The Washington Post said that he also had manuals for Adobe Photoshop and, and Premiere. Oh, okay. Well, that's how they get their good... Uh, yeah, okay, apparently. Right. I don't know what kind of computer he had, but he uh, fancied himself a bit of a Photoshop guy and Photoshopped Al-Qaeda propaganda directly. Uh, according to this, he had maps of the world and time zones. He had a bunch of articles from Newsweek and Time clipped or printed out. He had copies of Foreign Policy magazine. He had the manual for Delta Force Extreme and a GameSpot guide to video games. Nice! Yeah, he had some porn. Oh. Uh, he couldn't get online to look up a time zone or to figure out how to use Adobe Premiere's timeline functionality, so he had to have it on paper and within reach. Well... It's a reference guide. There was a Wired article about a card game that was said to have predicted September 11th that he had. Isn't that interesting? Huh. Uh, he had an ebook about voter fraud conspiracies. He had a document, The Fringes of American Policies. He had a 1928 book called The Secret Teaching of All Ages that details aspects of forgotten religions and the occult. He had a, he had a book called The Secrets of the Federal Reserve. Uh, he had Man. document materials on the MK Ultra program, the CIA's mind control efforts during the Cold War. I had a number of letters. He also... So and this this is, guy was uh, pretty well-versed in a lot of different areas. This is according... I'm not even making this up. This is according to the WashingtonPost.com. I have it on my screen right here. The, this is this is word for word. I'm going to read it off my screen. Okay. Okay? Direct quote. This is not Chris joking. There is a paper job application, which includes... And I'm not making this up. I'm, again, this is in the article. Direct quote. The, the, even that part. Yeah. Which includes, and I'm not making this up, an emergency contact request. Who should we contact in the case you become a martyr? Oh, my wife. Here's her cell. That's what they say. They say it, there is a job application. In fact, they even link to it. They have an application. I'm going to take a look. Let's say they, they link to it right here. Oh, my God. Here it is. Wow. Yeah. Here's, here, here is a Osama bin Laden job application. Uh... Yeah. Look at this, Chase. Wow. Where, uh, and this is translated, by the way. This was not originally in English. I would imagine so. Yes. I would okay. imagine so. Uh, do you wish to exercise a suicide operation? Question mark. Which objectives would you like to cop- uh, accomplish in your jihadi path? Uh, yeah. Who should we contact in case you become a martyr? What kind of health are benefits? We to be- are we to believe that this is really – like this is the level of what they are – yeah, let's call her up. They don't have – it's funny. The number has been redacted. Let's give her a ring. See if uh, – you know, that would be funny. Uh, uh, hello, uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Bin Laden. Uh, uh, yes, I like What are you it. doing at the Bush residence? Uh, anyways. Hello. <laughs> um, I just thought that was an interesting little wow. diversion. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, uh, I got some good news. What's the I, good at least, news? I feel like it's at least partially good news in the wake of Baltimore and all of the excessive force stories we've covered. And it's, we've always – every time we've discussed these stories, one of the main threads is the militarization of the police is leading to this – Oh, that's in right. A big, big way. Right, because of all the surplus of equipment and such. So this week, Obama made an announcement of what sound like at least some somewhat reasonable changes. I don't know if they go far enough, but this clip gives us info. Nine months after riots turned the streets of Ferguson, Missouri, into what looked like a combat zone, with local police dressed in camouflage and controlling crowds with armored vehicles, the White House is outlining reforms aimed at demilitarizing law enforcement. So we're going to prohibit some equipment made for the battlefield that is not appropriate for local police departments. So now, you know, he's okay. catching that. They're going to prohibit some equipment. All right. Um, 
Under the new policy, federal agencies would be barred from providing cops with tank-like vehicles. MRAPs? Yeah, so anything with treads. If it doesn't, have, if, now if it has wheels, it's okay. So including some of those big Humvee armored vehicles, like so, the MRAPs are still in. Yeah, mm. weaponized aircraft, high-caliber weapons, grenade launchers, and camouflage uniforms. Wait, when did police ever get weaponized aircraft? <laughs> They never had weaponized Maybe aircraft. Maybe they are, dude. And then the other thing, uh, see how they say 50 caliber weapons and uh, uh, weaponized aircraft. But you know what is it all? You know what's still in there? Like long range sniper type guns and things like that. That's they a can, 50 caliber though. They can get they, something long range and shoot. Wow. I don't know about. I don't know what the caliber is. I'm not a gun okay. person. Right. But there is another clip we play in the overtime. Um, or maybe it's in the overtime folder. We did play in the pre-show where they talk about long-range weapons will still be acceptable. There'll be uh, special uh, permits that they can request to get the higher-end weapons mm. so they're not fully outright banned. But good news, if they request them, that's made public. Huh. So they can still request that stuff, but it's made public. The administration would control but still allow the acquisition so these of vehicles the are still allowed. vehicles that were roaming Ferguson if police departments can show officers are being trained properly. Also permitted under certain conditions, manned aircraft, drones, guns, explosives, and riot gear. And I wonder if some of those guns that do the long range are under 50 caliber. Uh, and the other thing that makes the other thing that I thought was particularly interest, and they don't really talk about in this clip as much, is there is a requirement for some of this stuff if you request permission that you then have to prove training. Right now, they get all this stuff. They don't have to. They don't have to be trained. They on just it. get a box. Yeah. So we're going to ensure that departments have what they need, but also that they have the training to use it. Jonathan Thompson with the National Sheriff's Association worries the White House will overreach and leave officers and deputies outgunned, noting the weekend's biker bloodbath in Waco, Texas. Let me give you that scenario in Waco where the sheriffs no longer have access to the equipment that is sufficient to contain that type of situation. What's the sheriff supposed to do? Say, wait a minute, fellas, don't start that fight. Let me call for added resources. But the new rules are picking up broad bipartisan support from members of the Congressional Black Caucus to GOP presidential candidate Rand Paul. I'm all for giving the police bulletproof vests. We're giving them weapons, ordinary guns, things like that that we can use to defend ourselves. But I think it's uh, not a great idea to, uh, you know, to show up everywhere in a full uh, military sort of preference like an army. Yeah, there was a study done recently that shows that there is uh, 20 times more raids done today than there were a decade ago. Wow. 20 times. And those raids are like – and the type of raid I'm talking about are We're on drugs, Chris? uh, Yeah, it's a big part of it. And the type of raids – sorry, it's a specific type of raid. I meant to – it's like a – it's called like a no-knock raid where they they do like a flash grenade and they enter and sort of just start shooting. Oh. that's that's up. That particular style of raid in the United States is up 20, 20 times, which is nuts. Wow. Just, just a little bit left on this. No solution. Meeting with police in Camden, New Jersey, the president said it'll take more than law enforcement reforms for cities to avoid becoming the next Baltimore or Ferguson. We can't ask the police to contain and control problems that the rest of us aren't willing to face or do anything about. Hmm. So there you go, Chase. So hopefully it'll help a little bit, but I actually don't feel like it's enough. No, I it it feels warm on paper and good, but at the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. At, You're right. But at the same time, I mean, they're still going to have a military like presence. They're going to have the the same armored vehicles. Everything that you saw in that clip, everything that you saw in yeah, that clip, will still, still is still going to happen. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, they talk. He he talked about how they're going to take away things. But we didn't – in any one of those clips, we didn't see any of those examples. Not yeah. one. Yeah.
uh, but they don't have tanks anymore. So uh, there's something that's been really, really bugging me. We've talked about it a little bit, uh, and it happens probably, excuse me, to all of you at some point. You have to belch. No, uh, when your state legalizes cannabis, things change. Oh, yeah. Things change, Chase. Yes. And uh, this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's happening to the medical market here in Washington. Okay. Washington State has had medical cannabis since the 90s. Yep, 93, I think. And it's been legal. Yep. Uh, It's been doctor prescribed. And then there's been like collectives and, you know, you go out there and it's actually been a pretty successful system. In fact, it's been the model for a lot of other states to do their medical systems. Right. Since we went recreational, the rhetoric has changed to now calling the medical marijuana system the black market or the illegal market. And now they're calling it the gray market. Right. It's a gray market. It's the unregulated market. Which was interesting because when they first passed the legalization initiative in this state, one of the biggest things that they said is, we're not going to touch medical. We're not going to mess with medical. We're not going to do anything in that arena. And now, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, the governor, governor signed some new rules and new regulations to what they want to call rein in medical marijuana. Yeah, and they're calling it. And so check out the references yeah. to the gray market. I want to play this clip to give people a little, a little info of essentially what they're going to do is they're going to start making the medical system follow some of the same regulations and rules that the that the that the recreational system does right. that are not really compatible for patients that actually need medical cannabis. Correct. Marijuana legalization has brought a flowering of both licensed and unlicensed medical marijuana shops here in Washington state. Now a new law is meant to resolve the tension between state licensed marijuana stores and that gray market. See there is no tension. There, there literally is no, no the, tension as far as like here's the, here's the tension, Chris. They're you not have, getting tax dollars off right. of the, the medical. Sales. Well, it's not That's just the that. Tension. It's not just that. All the recreational stores have fo- formed this kind of quasi lobby, if you will, and have gone to the state and said, "Hey, look, you know, we're not getting as much business as we hoped." So, he, and I know this might be a little conspiracy baconish, mm, mm. but what I think what they're trying to do is they they're, they're trying to. And by the way, this bacon we haven't had a bacon in a while. This bacon comes from Savannah Meats, some of the best bacon in the world. Well, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to spin this in a way. Oh, we need to regulate the medical system a lot better. You know, it's been in the outlier areas, gray market. Gray market. But what they're really trying to do, Chris, is they want to bring those marijuana medical patients. First, yes. threaten them with the registry, which, by the way, offers no HIPAA protections at all. So the federal government can just go ahead and grab that list and say, all right, well, we know who to arrest now because it's still obviously illegal under federal law, even though they said, yeah, we're not going to touch the state. They have this list. So patients are not going to sign up for that list because if they did, they would get you know uh, tax discounts when they go into a recreational store. This is to give recreational stores more business yeah, and, bar none. And because the only weed that can be sold in the medical stores after this is going to be the ones that they regulated, the seeds that they regulated. Right. It's going to destroy. But these people are, they're not going to, see the but, thing is, Chase, these yeah. people aren't going to shut down their grow operations no. that have been doing medical that now now aren't licensed. No. They're just going to, this is going to fuel the black market. No, uh, it, it's, it's going to, you know, yeah, magnify it again. This is a huge misstep. We are fundamentally going to stoke our black market when we've tried to make it legal to minimize. I want to play the rest of this clip. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, go for it. KUW's Amy Radel reports. Initiative 502 gave state regulators oversight of recreational marijuana, but not medical. That's set to change in the coming year. All marijuana businesses will be brought under the same agency, now to be called the Liquor and Cannabis Board. 
John Davis runs a medical marijuana dispensary that should be a strong candidate for a state license. I'm going to either get a license as of uh, July 1st, 2016, or I'm going to cease to be. So I will be working very hard to that end. Davis has a strong case because he's paid his taxes and obtained a business license. Since the law passed in April, Seattle attorney Robert McVeigh says he's been hearing from medical marijuana providers who haven't been doing these things and don't want to be closed down. Some of them are saying, hey, we've been spotty on our tax payments and we want to clean our act up so that we have a history of, of good behavior. This is a misdirection. It's not about taxes. It's not about taxes. It's about it's about well, it is about taxes. It's about oh, taxing yeah. the sale of the cannabis plant. Yeah. It's not about them paying their taxes. No. It's about the fact that because they set the system up in a way where, they, where they've been a cash business, they've had to be a cash business. Well, yeah, because they banks no won't option. take the, Yeah, right. they have no option. So they've had to be very, very creative in how they manage their cash and how they pay their taxes. And because the product itself isn't being taxed by the government because it's being grown by local collectives and right. then sold directly to patients, there's not really a justification to have the state tax that. But if you go through the new system, the state will tax it because they tax every grower, every seed, every stem, every plant, every leaf. They tax it all. And so that's what then will be sold in the medical store prior to this licensing process. McVeigh says the new law will put all marijuana businesses on an even playing field when it comes to taxes and regulations. But it'll be a, a much smaller playing field. Uh, there'll be, no matter how many new licenses they issue, you're going to see more businesses closed than open. Many medical marijuana patients opposed merging the two systems. They say medical dispensaries are better at helping address pain and other issues. Can you pause it there for a minute? That's one of the things that I was actually hearing on the radio today in, 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 in discussion of a medical marijuana facility and a recreational facility. Uh, you know, patients, you know, they want to go in, have a, a nice private conversation with somebody who's, you know, experienced in different strains and that sort of thing. They don't want to go into a shop that is going for the recreational market that has the loud music thumping, maybe a nice clear case and you know, mm-hmm. wood grain. They just and, want medicine. And so, like, um, so they're not going to go to these recreational at the, shops. At the recreational place, you'll have like a you'll have a you'll have a joint. It'll be called like a Johnny Rocket joint, and it'll be a twenty five dollar freaking joint, right? Yeah. And at the cannabis like medical cannabis store, they're going to have like. You go in there and you say, yeah, I have IBS, and uh, around 6 o'clock every night it really starts acting up. I'm like, all right, well, here, have this. This is a $5 joint, and you smoke this, and it'll clear up your IBS issues, and you'll take a huge dump, and you'll feel great. And and like and then the patient standing next to you goes, oh, yeah, I've tried that, because everybody there is a patient. They're all people that have medical issues, and they all kind of share information. You go into the, you go into the, you go into the, can- the, to the, to the recreational cannabis place, well, I've got Johnny Rocket uh, joints, and I've got this other stuff over here that's got uh, uh, Snoop Dogg's face on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's, that's, like, that's what you get. It's a totally different experience. This runs both types of businesses. Under the new law, she can seek an endorsement to serve medical patients at her recreational stores. But she says recreational stores may not have the products or information they need. We do have a lot of patients who are very sick. Um, I just can't imagine them wanting to stand in line in a rec store with, you know, music playing really loud. And um, it's just a different experience. 
ultimately, some stores may cater more to medical users. But John Davis says he expects some medical products, like transdermal patches, to have broad appeal to recreational users.、Uh, maybe someone likes、uh, because it helps them unwind at the end of the day, and it you know doesn't get them too blasted. See, here's the other thing I have an issue with, and、uh, who just said it in the chat room? Somebody just said it perfectly. Yeah, Rusty did it. Uh, uh, In, in, the, in the medical cannabis stores, they will sell something that's、uh, very high in CBD and very low in THC or whatever it is. Right. Whatever the difference.、Yeah. And so you don't get very stoned. But you get the medical、yeah. qualities of it.、Yeah. There's no incentive for the recreational store to sell that because it'd be like selling a beer that doesn't get you drunk, but maybe somehow helps something else. Like nobody's going to sell that beer except for like the no beer beer, which is like you get one thing of it and it sucks. I mean, there, there, there's literally a different set of products between the two different stores. And I don't know if they're going to bring all those over to the recreational side. And it's sad, too, because there's all of this money out there. If Washington could just get their crap together, there is really like VC funding even. Nearly a year and a half after recreational pot became legal in Colorado, there are now 550 retail stores with dozens of big players. But even the business of marijuana can use a boost. Barry Peterson shows us how startups are getting seed money. Seed money. This、uh-huh. new business is still figuring out how to be a business. One problem: lack of sales data. For instance, are candies better sellers than chocolates? It's numbers that somebody can analyze and sell, so pot shops know what's hot. What's not? That's somebody, maybe English-born, Harvard MBA Roy Bingham, who worked in the banking industry. He moved to Boulder from Rhode Island. You want to be on the playing field where the ball is actually going back and forth, right here in Colorado. That's right.、Um, it's、uh, this is precisely where I'm going to get the information that I need to get his new data-based business launched. He's come to Canopy. A Boulder-based incubator for pot entrepreneurs, the first of its kind. What do you think, Chase? One rule: the companies do not sell pot, but pot products, which means they aren't breaking any federal laws. Canopy gave these ten startup companies twenty grand, three months of mentoring and training, and in return, they receive a nine and a half percent equity share.、Hmm. Funding brainchild ideas is the brainchild of former Marine Micah Tapman and venture capitalist Patrick Ray. Success for us, though, at the end of the day, is about return on investment for investors, and that's our first. Good old-fashioned making money. Good old-fashioned business. I mean, if you can't do that, you can't do anything. In any industry, and what an industry! Roughly 2.7 billion in sales last year in states that have legalized marijuana for medical or recreational use. If more states approve recreational pot, sales will be billions more. So,、um, in the interview there, they, I, I was really I was really impressed with the, go, the way that guy handled that question. You know which question I'm talking about? Which one?、Uh, the one where he leads the. It, oh yeah. CBS does this. Specifically, worse than any network, and, and I'm not the only one to call them out on this. Others have called them out on this. I'm not claiming I'm the first one to observe this, but CBS does this thing where they will say something intentionally to get you to repeat it because it makes an awesome sound clip when they're promoing the interview. So about return on investment for investors. So he our- says, so it's all about good old fashioned making money. And the reporter's hope is, then the guest says or the interviewee says, it's all about making money because then that is a great clip. This guy is savvy enough; he doesn't bite. 
Fashion making money. Good old fashioned business. I mean, you see how he didn't do it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's very clever. Good for him. Good boy. Good boy. So, uh, anyways, so, pe- people out there making money. Jason. So, so one thing I wanted to know. You go, know, buddy. So, go. So obviously, uh, you know, with the governor signing this new list of rules and regulations for the state with the Senate and, and then the House, uh, there is an initiative that is in progress right now. They're they're gathering signatures in the state. And oh, it's yeah? Initiative uh, thirteen seventy two. Oh, I bet this is great, right, Chase? It's just probably great, right? Well, if it gets on the ballot, and, and essentially what this does is it go, it basically brings the initiative process back to the people. Oh, good. And, and sets and sets up protections, if you will, for medical marijuana users. Uh, you know, for example, I don't know if you realize this, but. Uh, usable is misspelled in the current res- le- legislation. You know, like there's an actual typo, uh, but that's minor in, in regards. For example, you know, they talk about they want to create and empower the Cannabis for Medical Use Board made up of state and community leaders to govern all aspects of the hmm. market through mm-hmm. licensing and registration fees, revenues generated for the board to regu- regulate the not-for-profit cannabis for medical use market while remaining revenue neutral. Um, they, and they obviously they, they talk about, you know, how... They want to uh, restrict employment-related cannabis testing for qualified patients. Limit housing discrimination for the medical use of cannabis. You know they want like intru- to they want to introduce protections. Uh, of, of course, they also want to add in protection for, to qualifying patients See, under this eighteen. This is the direction we need to go. Right. So right now, this initiative is gathering signatures, and they need to reach. Oh gosh, I want to say yeah, almost two hundred fifty thousand signatures by July second. <laughs> That's uh, to make not going to happen. To make the ballot for this They better year. hustle. Yeah. The, people, you know, the one thing people in Washington hustle for is their weed. They do. <laughs> Surprisingly. We but it, but, it, this, is, but this, is, this is just one aspect. Obviously, a lot of uh, a lot of people and, and organizations are going to be challenging yeah. uh, the, the initial ruling. Uh, we'll see what happens. But mm-hmm. personally for me, I, I go back to my conspiracy theory, and I, and I truly believe it. This is not about trying to bring it out of the gray area or whatever. This is about trying to tax... Medical people. Bingo. That's that's what it comes down Making to. Making money off patients. Yeah, I mean, you don't that, <clears throat> that 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 doesn't happen, Chris. If you if you needed to take, uh, you know, pick a you know a, a prescription medication like uh, like a blood pressure medication. like a blood pressure medication, you're not going to get taxed on that. Uh, you're you're going to be actually be able to use your health uh, uh, resource account if you had one through mm-hmm. work or whatever. Mm-hmm. But marijuana, no, you're going to get taxed. And then people say, well, all you have to do is register on the registry and you're fine. But then you're on a list that is not protected by anything. Mm-hmm. So why would it, why would anybody sign up for that list? It's it's all about the money. Show me the money. It is. You know what? What do you always say? I Chase? say it. Show me the money. So. so just checking in, uh, Rand Paul, as we're uh, sort of uh, coasting towards the end here, Rand Paul is getting a bit of a breather as uh, the senator from Connecticut uh, steps up. Yeah, and, he's uh, getting a pee break, going to have some yeah, Red Bull. Again, another Democrat stepping up. It's So a uh, good observation, yeah. Republicans and Democrats both stepping up here. And so far, we've only seen Democrats, but uh, I know that earlier some Republicans. So, you know, uh, you know, as we wind things down, he's only got a couple hours ago. And then Should the, we just keep going with him? <laughs> <laughs> if we only had the hard drive space. Yeah, just, no kidding. Yeah, that would be nice. You know, uh, uncompressed video is, is big. A couple of things uh, to talk about before we go, though. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com. Totally. Uh, I'm very excited to say that uh, we've started to get some help. 
there is a we are working with uh, somebody who's a trial producer right now. His name is Matt. Okay. And uh, Angie and I have been uh, talking with him, and he, he four of the clips that were played in today's episode he came from him. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, and truth be told, we really can't afford uh, Matt until we get to about 400 patrons. Yeah. And uh, we're at 391. We need nine right now. more patrons but to step up. The reality is, the scope of the show is just so phenomenal. It's just so massive that I need the help today. Um, and we are in a tough spot. Jupiter Broadcasting, we're about $6,000 in the hole from Linux Fest Northwest. Oof. I'm not going to self because of that. And that kind of is a bummer for me. And now I'm also, in order for this show not to collapse, I need to bring somebody on to help me with it. But I need the audience's support because the show is becoming more weight than we can support. You need to go over to patreon.com slash unfilter. The show is weak now. We need your support to make it stronger, to get more production in here, to help get a little more research in, to help get more clips in, to give me more time to do prep work, to give me more time to work on show notes, all of these things. And like this week, yeah. we really get thrown off when one computer goes down. One production machine goes down and we, have to, we kind of have to throw off the whole format. It's a yeah. really precarious situation. So we desperately need your help over at patreon.com slash unfiltered to take it to the next level. And a big thanks to uh, our new producer, Matt, who so far has been working out great. Yeah, you know, and when you support Support us at patreon.com slash unfiltered. You're not just you know throwing money in the pot and you get nothing in return. If you come in at the $5 or more month level, you know we give you access to that supporter sync, which gives you the opportunity to play producer. You can go back and listen to the clips that we played on the show. You get the access to the overtime folder mm-hmm. where you know obviously there's so many clips that we actually don't even have time to get to. Lots of extra All stuff. that load content. And I bet as Matt gets up to speed too, yeah. uh, he's going to get... Uh, so there's uh, 16 additional clips that we didn't play in the show yeah. that are in the overtime folder. And they give you more context what we talk about. Sometimes you'll be like, how do the guys know that? The guys just rattled something off. How do they know that? A lot of times... That source information is in that overtime folder. Exactly. Uh, and so yeah. th- that's a great resource. And it's probably going to get even bigger and better. And that's it's the source code to our show. And you know, even at the two dollar level, you're getting a supporter show and we appreciate that. Yeah, very totally. Much. And the swag club members, you're probably you probably just got a little swag item this week. Ding. And if you didn't get it this week, it's gonna be arriving the next couple of days. Ding ding. So there's the swag club as well over at patreon.com slash Unfilter. Mr. Chase, is there anything else we need to cover before we get out of here this week? Is there any business we need to attend to? No, the only thing I would say is, you know, hey, you know, be respectful this weekend. It is Memorial Day weekend. Everybody says, yeah, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have a party. I'm going to have some barbecue. But remember the reason why that day is there Hmm, uh, and be respectful. That's nice, Chase. Yes. I agree. Yes. Now, Chris, there is a place where people can actually join into the community. Cost of them absolutely nothing. They can contribute stories. They can make this show better? They can make the show better? Yes, they can, Chris. Follow up on things that maybe follow off our radar? Absolutely. Where would they do this? They would go to unfilter.reddit.com. That is the place where you go, submit stories, you can engage in the conversation. Oh, man, I like that. One of the stories that we did not have time to get to this week, did you know that the UK government quietly rewrote hacking laws to give the GCHQ immunity? Did you? There's Man, several that's really so good, sneaky. There's several really good stories in there uh, this week. Uh, 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 like, uh, there's a story about the uh, the bomb dropped on Philly. We talked about in the supporter show last week. Oh yeah, NSA uh, chief. I didn't lie to Congress about spying on millions of Americans. I just, I just forgot. forgot about it. Yeah, that's, are you, yeah. These are there's some great Come ones on. in there this week. Really good stuff. Uh, Unfilter is unfiltered.reddit.com. Unfilter subreddit. Really, you guys, that the con- the contributions there make this show better. Your comments. Just yeah. even get an Totes. idea of the types of stories you like us to cover. All yeah. very good stuff. Now, Chris, during the course of the week, you're tweeting out when you're going live for shows, when shows are posted. What is a good place for people to follow? Twitter.com slash Chris L-A-S. Oh, uh, look at you. Look at Boom. all dapper. Dapper. Change is coming to that page soon. Change. I know. There's something happening. I, I know about it, but I'm not telling. Nope, not me. 
What about you, buddy? You on, you on there? Now, if I did tell, it would be on my Twitter page. Oh! At Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. Maybe you'll retweet that I, I will retweet the announcement uh-huh. when it happens, absolutely. Now, Chase, if I just wanted to go watch some more Chase. Yeah, you can go watch it at geekgamer.tv. Oh, we just that. did this big Patreon diamond hunt. Nice, buddy. Because we have Patreons, too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you do. Yeah, man. Geekgamer.tv. All right, yeah. everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfiltered. Don't forget, we do this show live on Wednesdays. Go over to jblive.tv or jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get that converted to your local time zone. That's right. Well, you guys have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you right back here next week. So, Chase, I'm a little jelly. Did you know that uh, Gail and the crew got to go up to the One World Trade Center and do the first live broadcast from the One World Trade Center, uh, like 102nd floor today? Wow, really? It's super cool. Oh, my gosh. All right, so uh, I've got to show you just a couple of things. First of all, you want to know how cool it is, dude? You want to know how cool it is? It's so cool that all you need... Oh, wow, Rand's still going. It's so cool. All you need to do is see the freaking elevator ride, and you're going to know how badass this is. Are you ready for this? Have you seen this? Lock lock and load, man. Audio listeners... I, I'm sorry. We'll expl- I can't. I don't want to say what it is ahead of time because it's going to blow Chase's mind. It's so cool, but then we'll explain afterwards. Okay, get ready, Chase. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How cool is that? How cool is that? Oh, uh, hold <laughs> so, on, I need to clean up. So what we what wow. that? So when you step in the elevator, it is the entire the entire booth is a video screen that, and it takes you as you go up through time to the construction of New York to present day. That that was amazing, right? That's yeah. uh, that's what I, know. I love technology. I know. I know. All right, so here's a oh, that was so good. Uh, here's a little uh, here's a wow. little uh, view of uh, their broadcast. It's, I'm very very jelly. Well, today, CBS News made history, taking you live from the new right. one. Yeah, you guys go to JB Titles while we play this. Yes, and go to JB Titles. Also, there's a, you know, interesting to see, uh, uh, just, just the whole thing's very fascinating. World Observatory, 102 stories above the streets of New York City. It opens to the public on May 29th, but CBS This Morning gave us a first look inside wow. the skyscraper. And our producer, Hannah Chapong Frazier, gave us a behind-the-scenes look at what By it the took way, to put this... By the way, how do they score that? I mean, how did CBS score that? Good question. How much money did they have to lay down for that? Uh, I don't know. They do have an all-seeing eye, and it is called the One World Trade Center. Maybe they just uh, already had an in. That is awesome. Production I mean, just on. beautiful. We're at the uh, observation deck at the World Trade Center, 102 floors up. Well, what we're doing is uh, we're at the uh, infancy stage of cre- creating the live broadcast for CBS this morning live from the uh, observation deck, the first broadcast to uh, originate live from this location. 
Jeez. Good morning from the top of the new One World Trade Center. It is Wednesday, May 20th, 2015. And we are going to give you the first look at the spectacular look at views that, from the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere. This is really them at their best. Like, I give them a hard time, but this is this team it, and this crew working at their absolute it, yeah, best. Yeah, this, this is when like, you are network. Yeah. This is network. Like, look at, look at their outfits. Look how sharp that camera angle is. That is a special travel desk that they bring in just and for this And then they shot. got the, the, the CBS little thing yep. in the corner. Oh, this looks so good. I am Rick Jefferson, director of production for CBS This Morning. Shooting from over here. Uh, then that, that, and we were blown away by how you know, magnificent it looks from up here. You have the New York City skyline. You have the Empire State Building. You have the Brooklyn Bridge. And to the left of that, you have the Manhattan Bridge. You have the Statue of Liberty. And wow. you, know, you have New Jersey. And you, you, you know, just a complete, beautiful shot of the metropolitan area. It's great. There are a lot of different moving parts. You have your cameras, you have your staging, you have power requirements, lighting, video, yeah. audio, and essentially, you know, there are probably over 50 cases, if not 100 cases, up here. And we have what we call our travel desk, and it's sort of our signature piece on CBS This Morning. The table kind of speaks to what the, who the show is. Uh, so every time we do a, a production on the road, we kind of bring our travel desk with us. We have a bigger one and we have a smaller one. One, one of the things that we can't uh, determine and we can't control is the weather. So, so they uh, one of the uh, one of the other so they big, turned on the weather machine. One of the other big problems they had was transmitting from that high up in the sky. Oh, I know. to the CBS booths because you know that's a freaking long ways for them. So they had to like set up boosters along the building to get the well, signal. They, they wouldn't have fiber going way up there. I guess right. You'd think. I guess it was. I guess it would be too expensive and too impromptu. I you oh. think that you would think the freaking people that uh, that built the building would have taken care of that. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's um, amazing. So I'm going to see if I can find their intro because it was pretty cool. Uh, I I don't know I that to me as you know and for for those for those hosts man they just get to show up and the crew's done all of that work for them you know they've they've uh, they've they've set up the table yeah um, they, all they got to do is just set up uh, you know put on the makeup <laughs> right yeah you know, Charlie right. Rose has got to put on the makeup yeah and uh, just just go out there yeah. Uh, so I'll see, I'm looking to see if I can find uh, now. Let's see, this was I think they just did it this morning. So they would have just posted the video if they just did it. Uh, let's see here. That's um, amazing. I thought so. CBS this morning makes history. Yeah, here we go. This is the inter- this is the actual introduction. Here, let me. I'll play this for you too. This, so this is so you just saw the behind the scenes shooting of this. This is the main shot. This is this is the actual. This is what the public saw when it broadcasted. from the top of the new One World Trade Center. It is Wednesday, May 20th, 2015. Welcome to a, a special shot. edition of CBS This Morning. Nearly 14 years after September 11th, a towering symbol of freedom is about to open to the world. And we are going to give you the first look. Nailed the Crane Con! That is oh! the Nailed the shot. Look at the, the Statue of Liberty behind them. Oh. Jeez, we nailed that. special guests for you today, including Mayor Bill de Blasio and George Clooney. But I also, the other thing I like wow. is, so when you watch the behind the scenes, you can see Charlie's reading from a piece of paper. So they, they, so they nailed, they, they, they have Charlie reading from a piece of paper, but, but right But he knows when cue. to look up. He, he, knows, yeah, he knows when right to put when her to look away. Up. Yes, yes. Exactly. And the other thing is, then you'll notice, then they do a handoff flawlessly between all three of them. Uh, so right as the O comes through, Charlie begins to talk, which they just nail it. By the way, this opening graphic, this everything, it's just so custom made just oh, for it's, this. It's, I know. Uh, I know. I know. All right. 
Our production Good geeks are wearing through right now. One World Trade Center. Custom graphic, lower third. Oh, yeah. 2015. Oh, yeah. Custom. Welcome look at this. Helicopter shot. Special edition of CBS This Morning. Nearly 14 years now, listen after to the September handoff. 11th, a towering symbol of freedom is about to open to the world. And we are going to give you the as they, first right look they cut. at the spectacular views from the tallest building in the Western Without hemisphere. Without missing a cue, Gail we goes. several special guests wow. for you today, including Mayor Bill de Blasio and George, George Clooney. Clooney. <laughs> 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 they got to have, of course, Gail says that. Man, I'm telling you what, though. Gail, I, I, I kind of, she's looking great today. I got to show you this, too. So check out, then they just were like, they were so excited about this broadcast. Welcome to One World Trade Center. I'm sitting with my two fabulous co-anchors of look CBS how good Gail this morning. Looks. Gail wow, they all look Nora great Donald. today. We have they really do. A remarkable experience. We did. The Wait, first she changed her hair or something. Yeah, Gail looks really good. New One World Trade Center. But not just Gail, but Nora. Nora looks good too. But I, I'm surprised. Gail looks great. The 102nd floor. We can see everywhere. We can see up the Hudson. We can see down the East River into the Atlantic. We can see the physical presence of this great city as you have never seen it before. It is so extraordinary. I wanted to share our reaction with you and show you what we saw this morning. Isn't that neat? Wow. Oh, man, I would do that. So they just have this area uh, for this kind of thing, uh, for these One World Trade Center type stuff. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Royal Gabe, they did some cocaine during the elevator ride. Aw, <laughs> oh, come on, man. This is City Pulse. Now, here today on the 100th floor of this iconic building, we're almost on top of the clouds. And City Pulse is going to show us this city in ways you've never seen. The New York of the past... It's a circular display that doesn't show very much. Yeah. This is stupid. That's Okay, that's cool. Now, we're going to explore some of the city's many stories at every hour of the day by dynamically navigating to its every corner. How long but do you first, think he had to rehearse that? She's no kidding. So right? we're here on the southern tip of Manhattan, and we're facing north, or what New Yorkers like to call uptown. We're situated in downtown. If you want to be like a New Yorker, you got to say uptown and downtown. Well, there you go. I'll All put right, that, thanks. That's great. I'll, I'll yeah. put that in the. I'll put, you guys want to watch that? If you want to watch that, you know what? I'll put it in the supporters link. You yeah. can watch that. Yeah. All right, Chase. Let's go over to JB Titles. See, see, go over there and vote. See if there's anything you like. Yes. Let's see. JB Titles. JBTitles.com. JBTitles.com. Now let's all vote. JB Titles. The Bin Laden Files. We did a Bin Laden tile last week, but that's not bad. That's a good one. Two Bin Laden titles in a row? I uh, The Bin Laden Files actually works very well. Okay. I like that one. Just I, like that? Spelled out just like that? With a, well, maybe with a capital F. Yeah. Cannabis Conspiracy. ISIS Tanks You. ISIS Tanks You. Bin Laden Files. I like the Bin Laden Files. <laughs> All right. From a PG, from Mr. PG. Well, good job. Welcome back, Mr. PG. Hey. We haven't had a title for Mr. PG in a while. And you know what that means? That means he that unlocked means they it right get a here. big he reward going back. into the weekend. And we, you know what? I thought this was the week we weren't going to do it, but PG comes back. He rocks it with, that's right. What good I job, say. buddy. Yeah, boy. What, Chase? Oh, yeah. Stop it. Is that the bad part? Oh, Victoria yeah. Newland. You guys, seriously, have a great weekend. Okay. If you don't grill meat, which you really should, you have you're Monday off. I do. Oh, you lucky bee. Well, you know, I yeah. All right, Chase. You have yourself a great Memorial Weekend too. Unfilter fans, unfilter supporters, thank you very much. If you're not yet a supporter and you've liked the supporter show, would you please go over to Patreon.com/unfilter? Yeah, we can please go support. over there. And if not, go tell somebody about it. Hey, there's a good idea. Yeah. All right, everybody. Until next week, we love you. Toodles.